but I was hesitant and curious of how it was going to perform. Is this camera really going to hold up to the stuff that I do, the kind of work that I do, or is this going to be like a really big problem and I'll have to return it and say on the channel, like, you know what guys, actually this camera sucks. I would not recommend it. I'm pretty disappointed in Sony and blah, 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 but that's not been the case. Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast, where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategies to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. This is a little bit of a different setup if you are watching the podcast on the podcast channel then you're seeing we're back here on the sofa next to the bookcase and the whole shebang now this setup is a little bit more comfortable for me personally than sitting at the desk because at the desk it feels more like work whereas with the podcast I want it to also be a place where we can have conversations and not just be teaching 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 stuff which is my jam for this podcast but there are episodes like today I kind of want to bring you behind the scenes into the mindset of a recent purchase that I think for a lot of entrepreneurs would be a great purchase in addition to other higher end Sony camera models that we'll get into in just a second. But the setup also is good because we're doing a video podcasting course uh, in conjunction with the Ray Edwards International Company, which is uh, an extreme honor. And so we're doing this video podcasting for copywriters course. So we'll also be using this for B-roll and such. But this is just another setup that I'm just using to show how I can connect my microphone and my camera setup and stuff like that. I'm going to do a video on this on the regular channel, so I'm not going to get too nerdy <laughs> into the tech around it uh, for this one, but I digress. So I recently bought the Sony ZV-E1, which is if you're watching this, what you're looking at me on right now. And I am so pleased with this purchase. I really, really am. And this has been one that's been a controversial camera. It's a little bit of a social pariah, if you will, because a lot of people were concerned with this camera simply because of the overheating. And the way that the overheating was presented is similar to, it, it could, puts me in the mindset, honestly, of when the Canon R5 came out. Now, if you're not into all the cameras and that's not your jam, you're trying to learn about other video stuff, like I said, I'm gonna get a little, little nerdy in this one, in this episode, so just hold your horses. You'll be fine. <laughs> but when the Canon R5 came out, that camera, like this is the Bees and Knees Hall of Fame camera, and everyone was also saying how it overheated like crazy. And so I was kind of disappointed, surprised and stuff. And yeah, I chided a little as I do when I'm, looking from one brand to the other, because it's like sports to me. It's not that any brand that's different than what I use is so awful. If you have been around any of my content for a while, you know I rocked with Canon for years. They were my first camera brand that I got into any of this stuff with, the cameras I fell in love with that helped me transition into doing all of this stuff. And so I always will have a special place in my heart for the Canon cameras. And so it's also a good brand. You know, it's a good brand of cameras to use as many of them are right now. But when I saw the camera come out, I'm like, oh man, come on, Canon. Like that shouldn't be a thing. Well, fast forward. And now the shoes on the other foot when it comes to Sony and them releasing their camera, which Fuji has dealt with other camera brands and they've kind of like added a 
attachment to the back of the camera to deal with the heating, or we're seeing now where cameras come out with a fan built in it. And I talked about this in a previous uh, video, not on the podcast, but a previous video on the channel where I was saying like that, just open at least the door of the conversation. Like, are we in a space now where we should be thinking about having more fans in cameras or not? And it made me think about my purchase with the Canon, my bad, with the Sony ZV-E1. And I wasn't hesitant to buy it, but I was hesitant and curious of how it was going to perform. Is this camera really gonna hold up to the stuff that I do, the kind of work that I do, or is this gonna be like a really big problem and I'll have to return it and say on the channel, like, you know what guys, actually this camera sucks. I would not recommend it. I'm pretty disappointed in Sony and blah, blah, blah. But that's not been the case. It does make me think that this camera isn't right for everyone. For example, one of the guys on the channel that um, follows the content, and if you're watching this, what's up, brother? I just don't remember your name at this exact moment. See, I remember your face and your profile. I just don't remember your name right now. But what I was noticing is he said he does manly things. He's out in his garage where garages are notoriously hot. It has to be freaking insulated and have a built-in fan, like a ceiling fan or something. Like it has to be built in air with air conditioner in it. Otherwise, if it's just an attachment on the house, it's hot as hell. Even with a portable air conditioner, it would still be hot as hell. I get that. In those scenarios, absolutely don't buy the Sony ZV-E1. And that was a perfect example of knowing your use case. So if you're going to invest in a camera like the Sony ZV-E1, and there are concerns around overheating in certain environments, some of that is like having to know when somebody is producing something like a piece of content, because not everybody, unfortunately, on YouTube is necessarily making something with the intent to be honest, unfortunately. That's not everybody, but it's like what, you would see online is called bad actors, which some people are just doing it for views. They're getting on the bandwagon because they know it'll bring a lot of attention. If they know it's not for them, it's not the right use case, blah, 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 blah. Now, for a camera that costs $2,200 US, it shouldn't have any of those problems. In my opinion, it's like, yeah, let's get the built-in fan or do like Fuji did and have the attachment from the manufacturer so that it's not any concerns. It's like, yes, we know, we're aware, you want small, light, lightweight, this is what you're going to get. And this is the price we're willing to offer it at. However, if you're going to do the highest that the camera can do in the non-ideal scenarios or just in general, here's the fan attachment that you would need in order to cool it. Don't use it if you don't need it, but here it is as an offering or whatever. This is why I don't think that Fuji caught the hell that they are now, because again, I think we're kind of moving into this space. So me putting this camera to the test for a full week non-stop. My first test was just to see like what was the deal with the 4K recording. First of all, I had to get used to the camera. The other thing is seeing like if I'm recording content all day long, what? What then? So I just ran the camera. I'm not even necessarily doing the battery test yet because it's crazy good. Switching from the FW50 batteries in the Sony ZV-E10, A6400, all those cameras, and you move into something like the FC100, which I'm already used to from using cameras like the A7C, A7 IV, use the A7S Mark III and stuff. Those are fantastic. That This battery, matter of fact, came out with the A7 III. I've used it then. But 
for cameras that I own, used regularly, like on a day-to-day -day basis, the A6600 is the last time I had access to this battery, and it's even better than what I remember in my experience of that. And especially for the stuff that I'm getting out of this camera, just like what I have access to is also like extremely important. And so just running this camera nonstop, it's been fun as hell. I haven't like remembered having so much joy with the camera and just like the creating and it's been since when I got my Canon M3 way back on the channel. I like when I switched from that, that was my first mirrorless camera. And I was overjoyed with the size, how it performed. The audio preamps were a million times better than anything that was in the DSLR cameras, which they were notoriously bad for. And I just fell in love with it. And then the M6, and then I just kept going, right? So now moving into what this camera can do, I keep forgetting, like it has AI, it has all this other stuff. I don't have to do things the hard way. So I've just been running this camera like crazy. Like every day I've had it, I've been just going through batteries, which in my normal use case, non-testing the camera scenarios, I don't run a camera like like that. It may be on for a live stream, for a client call, a virtual event, and something like that, podcast at the desk or whatever, but I don't have to do it all the time, you know? So <laughs> the fact that now I can do this and it can follow me around if I wanted it to, all this stuff is amazing. So overheating, obviously a big question with this camera. Again, like I said, it's a bit of a social pariah at the moment. But I think this camera will become kind of like the M50 was, the Canon M50 was, and the Sony a6400 was, where this camera is presented as a quote-unquote vlogger's camera. In my opinion, and I always tell my clients this, when you see vlogger on the title of a thing, ignore that. Because chances are that camera is going to fit a lot of your non-negotiables, things that your camera must have in order for it to work for you and the kind of content that you create it's probably going to check off a lot of those boxes with few caveats. Now, that being said, same rules apply for the E1. Take off the vlogger thing and like how the M50 and A6400 was presented in the same way. But everybody's like, oh man, this sucks. Canon doesn't have 4K in a usable format in this camera without this magnanimous crop, which was all valid. A6400, we had the quirky go up the roller coaster type setup with the thing and it's just like eh, i'm gonna deal with that but I, okay we got a flip out screen something we got something and we had the jello 4k or whatever and it's like in 90 percent of the the times that i'm doing content are those going to be an issue no and at the time i wasn't doing 4k content so the m50 was great and I, like I said, I don't remember having this much fun with the camera since I switched to the M50. I was one of those people online, rip roaring and raving about how Canon did not do creators right with it. They were like, you don't have to spend way more money. They produced an article saying this. You're going to have to spend way more money in order for you to get the features that you all think that you're wanting to get. It's not the same tune now because they just weren't, all the brands weren't doing all of what they're doing in mirrorless now. It's a different conversation now. And so they are doing it <laughs> at the price point that everybody wanted. So fast forward, 
I think this camera is going to be the same way where on launch now it's like what, two months old, uh, from release, people are still kind of hesitant. You still have mixed reviews. What you don't see a lot of at the time I'm doing this podcast is people really showcasing the use, the camera being out for some months and people being able to vet the camera for themselves. Those that are buying the camera, knowing with the intent that it's not going to work, that it's not just going to do what they need to do, it's not going to work well. It never was going to ever because it's the wrong camera for the job. It's like wearing dress shoes to go play a basketball game. You're not wearing the right equipment. It could be the best of the best dress shoes, but not for basketball. You need actual shoes to hoop in. <laughs> so it's kind of the same way. And that's what my experience has been with this E1. It's been amazing. The microphone uh, and the headphone preamps are way better. I can't really test for a fact yet. I'll say this, the headphone I do know is way better. I'm not sure for the noise level for the microphone in, uh, input, but you know, one of these are offsetting, but I'm hearing the headphone port with my actual ears be better than what I've experienced with the E10, which is something I definitely asked for. The Z battery is amazing. Having the extra AI stuff in the camera is amazing. Access to 4K 60 at higher bit rates, uh, these megabytes per second, that instead of it being 50 or 100 or whatever, it's at these higher rates and all that. Amazing. Just the fact that this camera weighs less than my A6600 did, and it has IBIS in it and all this other amazing stuff, that the touchscreen, like you natively fall into what you do with your smartphone now, which as small of a difference as it really is between the ZV-E1 and E10, I'm having a lot of joy with that freaking touchscreen. It's so, it's what you wanted to do all along. It's what you should have been able to do all along. But I am noticing the difference in like why I made the full conversion from APS-C. This is just for my personal use. Still going to cover and teach that on my main channel and stuff, but, and obviously make recommendations on what camera is right for content creating entrepreneurs. However, what I find is the more that I'm using the E1, the less I want to pick up the E10 and the more I'm thinking in the mindset of, of an E1 camera that the menus aren't the same on the ZV-E10 which is why I went ahead and made that full conversion. I'm like, let's get rid of all the APS-C lenses. Let's get rid of uh, all of my APS-C cameras and make this full conversion and switch to full frame, starting off with the Sony ZV-E1. And I could not be happier. Like I said, I'm shooting this right now on the Sony ZV-E1. If you are not watching this, there'll be a link in the show notes for the listeners. So you can click over to the channel and see it. And I'm using the Tamron 20 millimeter F 2.8 lens. If you get this lens, make sure your firmware is updated. I talked about that in a video recently, so I'm not going to belabor the point here. But um, what I'm seeing is if you get a Tamron lens, just make sure the lens is updated. Uh, otherwise, the autofocus is not going to do what it should be doing just because the firmware is old. So <laughs> I digress. Ask me how I know. That's where I'm going to leave it for this week's podcast. Let me know what are you guys using for your specific content. At the end of the day, I still think the Sony ZV-E10 is a great camera, continues to punch above its weight class for the price point versus the feature set. It's always going to be amazing, I think, and will ideally fit for 
a good majority of content creating entrepreneurs. You know, the vlogger scene is not something everybody's doing or even into. I do think it's a powerful form of content that more people should start leaning into, at least to mix up their content. But you can you still have ways to do it. I did it for as long as the E10 has been out. But now we move over into my new white on white camera, the white chocolate of cameras, the Sony ZVE1. And I think that if you're looking to get into this next season of cameras, there are a lot of benefits. A6700 is coming. Hopefully the Sony A7C Mark II is on its way. Uh, and I think those will even improve upon what the E1 is doing. But that's where I'm going to leave it for this week's episode. Make sure you leave a rating or review. I know I say this all the time, but actually do it. Leave an actual rating or review. With that, guys, love a passion. I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Oh, and as I love to end all of our shows, the winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sails. So set your sails accordingly. With that, guys, with a passion, I'll see you on the next episode of the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.